Welcome to the State of Fem Art Podcast, a space where we drive conversations around what it means to be woman creatively and artistically in today's industry. A place where women from various walks of life share their experiences, triumphs, and obstacles as they navigate the state of the world and their creativity. This is a safe space. One where women are celebrated for being fearlessly and unapologetically them. It is a space of belonging for those who feel their artistic and creative endeavors have gone unseen, unheard, or unsupported. But here you will also get resources and tools to help you reach your next level. We'll laugh together, cry together, but more importantly, we'll grow together. I am Tamia Faulkner, and this is The State of Fem Art. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The State of Fem Art podcast. I'm so excited to have today's guest. We have been chatting back and forth and trying to sync for a while. Uh, I am so honored to have Miss Arielle Atkins. She is the curator of art, culture, and community at Twitter. And some may know her for wearing her art on her sleeve, literally, um, through her movement, Artfully Aware, and also just seeing the beautiful clothing that she's produced in forms of wearable art from all different eras, mediums, and genres. Welcome to the State of Fem Art, Arielle. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm well. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that we're finally able to do this, and I've been looking forward to chatting with you. Yes, me too. And I, I want to get started from, from the very beginning. Um, can you talk to us about where it all started, where the journey starts, of course, for most artists, and that's in sort of discovering your style and your unique approach to art? Because I know that is a journey, and I've heard you speak about your journey through art school. So can you just share what that discovery was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in a really creative family. My parents were both artists in different ways. Um, My mom worked in all different media and my dad is a woodworker. So they were always very supportive of me following my creative pursuits. Um, But I wasn't sure that I actually wanted to be an artist at first, Um, but I ended up focusing on studio art and art history in undergrad. And when I graduated, I was like, well, how do I make a living from this thing that I know how to do, which is painting? Um, What's the next step here? You know, how do I make a career out of this? So I ended up going to grad school at FIT in their art marketing program because my thought process was, well, I know how to make art, but let me learn how to talk about it and let me learn how to share it with the world. So I ended up doing that. And um, after grad school, I worked in galleries and nonprofits um, and really became passionate about social media as a way to share art with a broader audience. Um, It was near the beginning of when all these social media platforms kind of came on the scene and everybody was still figuring out what they are and how to use them. Um, But I had a real passion for using them to connect with others through art. So through that time, I was always kind of um, working in that space between art and social media, but I wasn't really creating my own work at that time. I kind of took a break and wasn't making too much um, while I was sort of, you know, looking for what my special voice was in my career and what my path was going to be. But um, 
around that time, my mom passed away and she was one of the biggest creative influences in my life. I would say the biggest. Um, and she was someone that I collaborated with a lot, someone who really challenged me creatively and always encouraged me to think outside the box. And her loss was a big shock, but it was also the catalyst for what eventually became Artfully Aware. Um, I really started exploring clothing through the lens of identity and thinking about how to memorialize her through an art project. And so that's how I began sort of the long process of discovering my voice through my own work, but it was really, you know, something that started very personally and then eventually allowed me to connect with others through that work. And it's been an amazing journey since then. Um, I've gotten to do some really cool things and meet a lot of amazing people. Um, and many of them, you know, I've never met in real life and a lot of them are just through um, social media. So it's kind of cool how those two worlds came together, like both my personal creative um, and artistic practice, and then my career fusing art and social media together. So that is where we are today. <laughs> now, I think that's such a beautiful journey. And because art is so subjective, I've always wondered for everyone, because the journey is different, what that journey is like. Was there ever a moment where you, in discovering yourself and your unique approach to art, where you felt like you didn't necessarily fit into a specific um, genre, art genre, or was there a moment where you sort of questioned yourself as a creative? Because I feel what you do is so, it's so different. It's It's a breath of fresh air from just, you know, what we typically see, it really is cutting edge. And so has there ever been a moment where you've dealt with imposter syndrome as an artist? Um, would earlier today count? <laughs> <laughs> um, when you say, was there ever a moment? I would say every single day I struggle with that. And by struggle, I mean, it's just something that I constantly think about, which is how do I fit into the market or the conversation or, you know, what is my specific thing that I bring to the table? And I think about that a lot. I think that it's something that we should always be challenging ourselves on. And it in some ways allows me to think more broadly about how what I do fits into what's happening in the world or what how it's contributing to moving the conversation forward. And I think that's a question that should always kind of be on our minds, maybe not in the way that can hold us back, because that can certainly happen, but in a way that really makes you question if what you're doing is the right thing for you right now and the right thing to be putting into the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, of course, an evolution that happens over time. Um, do you see how you as an artist have evolved, but also within uh, the art world, have you seen evolutions? Yeah, the art world is tricky because I think the art world in the traditional sense, which is to say like the market, people that buy and sell art, um, you know, museum exhibitions, things like that. I don't necessarily think that my work exists perfectly within that realm. I've always been much more excited about art as a community development tool and a way to connect with others. And I think that that really important part is missed a lot in what the traditional art world tries to do. So I think about myself a little bit straddling those two things, which is community and, you know, art. But what I would say is that we can always challenge and always, you know, think about 
the art world outside of the status quo of what it is. And I think that is what the amazing thing is about artists is that they never sort of take things for their face value definition. It's always like thinking about what it could be, right? It's not what it is, it's what it could be. And so when I think about the type of work that I do, or, you know, so many other artists that are really have a social practice to their what they do, I think that that is the most important thing to me. There's something key that you said that I feel is so important, and that's community. I've heard so many artists and creatives speak about the importance of community. And for those who are listening, who are still trying to find their community within um, their creative industries, what advice would you give them on just developing that authentic community or that community that they can tap into for inspiration and support? Absolutely. I mean, I know that I'm kind of harping here, but social media is such an amazing tool to connect with people. I really, for a long time, I was really kind of working on my own projects kind of in a vacuum. And it was something that was very personal to me. But once I became comfortable enough to share it with others, the feedback and sort of, you know, conversations that sparked from that have become one of the main parts of what I do. Like now I can't imagine what my work would be without the community around it. And that is to say, other artists that challenge me, you know, um, followers that ask questions, people that ask me to teach them what I do, um, people that I learn from, you know, watching others uh, share their work with the world and picking up, you know, tips, tricks, process things um, from that. I think that is one of the most important things that I couldn't leave behind. So I really challenge everyone, whether it's in your local community, because that can be really beautiful as well, if you have the opportunity to connect in person, or just, you know, finding people digitally that you can connect with about things that you share and questions that you have, and maybe they have the answer, right? Or maybe they'll ask you something that made you think about your work in a completely different way that you wouldn't have discovered on your own. So I think that's, probably the most important thing, um, at least to me, about the work that I put into the world is being able to connect with others around it. Absolutely. And speaking of connecting with others, I want to talk a bit about your wearable art. I just think it's so amazing. It's the most fascinating thing. It's just, you know, uh, this collision of, of art and fashion. And you have so many different um, pieces that you've created. How did that all come about? Like one day, did you just wake up and and feel inspired to create a a piece of clothing based upon um, the artwork that you saw around you? I know a lot of it, as you mentioned before, started with memorializing your mom, which is so beautiful. But what was that first piece like when when you decided, hey, I'm going to create a piece of clothing inspired by um, just, you know, the art around me? Yeah, thank you so much for the question. Um, So going way, way back in grad school, I wrote my thesis on clothing and contemporary art as a signifier of culture. And I was really exploring artists, you know, in the world working today who are using clothing as a part of their medium. And as I was writing the thesis, I started to think about, you know, how do I use clothing as my medium? Because I've always been interested in clothing and like always loved collecting clothes and thrifting and sewing and all of those things. And that was before I even thought about painting them. But I started to think about, well, what would my unique vision be if I were, you know, a quote unquote artist using clothing? Um, And when I started to think about 
clothing as a reflection of culture. And then I was also, you know, deeply involved in the art world. And I was like, well, art itself is actually one of the main expressions of culture. Like the art that society puts forth is a lot of times how we look back and understand what was happening during that time. You know, as a lover of art history, you look back and see, you know, paintings that were made during a certain period and it really reflects what was happening in the world. And so it was kind of that leap between, oh, I'm interested in clothing as a piece of culture, but art is the ultimate reflection of culture, right? And so that's kind of when I started creating wearable art pieces inspired by some of my favorite artworks. And through that, I was really exploring the process of how they were created. And I realized that when I was trying to make a wearable form of a, you know, Claude Monet piece, for example, it made me appreciate that work in such a deeper way, um, so much more than I did just from seeing it in a museum or looking at a picture on the internet, actually creating a form of it for myself was a way that I became very intimately aware of the process and appreciate it so much more. So that was kind of the catalyst for it. And then of course, since then I've done, you know, many different types of artwork um, as wearable art. And then of course have done my own work as well. um, That is like, my own explorations of nature and the world around me. But I think it all began just as thinking about the connection between art and culture and how we present ourselves to the world. And, you know, what you wear is the main piece of what people see about you. One of the first things they see about you, even before you open your mouth many of the time. So (laughs) that's how I sort of landed on that medium. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so amazing. So how would you describe your your personal style? Um, Artistic? No. No, I would say my personal my personal style is really the word that I would describe it with is expressive and I use that word in the sense that I can look and be perceived in many different ways um given how I'm feeling on that day. I have a lot of emotion tied up in how I present myself and, you know, how I create and so I think that is reflected in what I wear and Um, Like, for example, if it's, you know, a really gray, rainy day, I always wear the brightest colors because that's sort of like a mood management tool for me, but also something that I want to put out into the world for other people to pick up. That's amazing. I think about, as you mentioned, just how um, fashion and art is just so uh, immersed into into culture. It's, you know, how we express ourselves on a daily basis. So who are some of the creatives or artists who have inspired you? Oh, there are so many. Um, But I will say one of the artists that has been inspiring me for many years and was the first artist that I wrote about in my thesis um, on clothing and contemporary art is Yinka Shonabare, MBE. Um, Yinka is a British Nigerian artist who creates sculptural tableau among many other types of work, but the tableau were kind of the first body of work that I saw and reacted to um, that are essentially recreating historical scenes, but the figures are dressed in clothing made out of Dutch wax textiles. And there's a whole history there with, you know, European trade routes and how we code these fabrics as African, but they were actually from, you know, the Netherlands and all of the, there's so many layers there, but it's really, it was really the first moment that I started to think about how much significance clothing can hold. And so I've been following Yinka's work for many years and I actually got to meet him, which was this beautiful time where I was like, you've been so, you know, inspirational to me, but, um, 
you know, there are so many artists that are exploring clothing as a part of identity. And I think another interesting thing to think about now that's almost kind of a more recent thing, though there have been examples throughout our history, is just how contemporary artists collaborate with brands, too. So you can think about, you know, different artists like Takashi Murakami and Louis Vuitton and things like that, that are really a fusion of art and fashion, like in the more traditional sense. And I think those are just equally as interesting in the way that they are an expression of our culture and, you know, people's desire to buy and own art and also have it on their bodies. Yes. And I feel we have so many um, artists who are non-traditional as well as traditional. So those who go the traditional route of going to art school and those who sort of just (laughs) create and are inspired to create, what advice would you give for those who are still discovering their, their voice, their um, just what they are inspired by the type of artists that they want to be when it comes to making, making art their profession and doing this full time and being able to uh, create on a day to day basis, because we often hear the term starving artists. And of course, (laughs) I'm sure artists don't want to starve. Creatives don't want to starve. And um, I think there are a lot of people who are trying to discover, as you mentioned in the beginning of this interview, how to make it their careers. Is there any advice you can offer to those who are still on that path? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I think that I answer this question differently now than I would have 10 years ago. I think that I was under the impression that you had to have a master's in order to have a career in anything. And I just really don't think that that's the case. But what I will say is that not limiting yourself um, to think about what career paths are open to you or ways that you can infuse creativity into your career. Um, There are so many different ways that we are able to kind of change the landscape of what different industries look like by infusing them with art and creativity. I will say that when I was in college and even grad school, I never in a million years thought that I would work at a tech company. And through my career and through my experience, I've had such a wonderful, you know, run at Twitter and being able to fuse my love for art and bring it into a tech context. And I know I haven't really talked about this work yet, but I did mention my love of social media and its ability to share art with a broad audience. But in experiencing things and just using products that are new on the market, like, you know, becoming really familiar and passionate about social media early on, I was able to kind of build one of the first you know, art programs inside a tech company. And I think that is just an example of how many new things there are out there for the next generation that we don't even know yet, right? Like, you don't know that, you know, there could be a huge opportunity for you because the place where you're working might not exist, or maybe you're going to be the one to start it. So I just encourage everyone to think really broadly about what the possibilities are in your career. And if there's something that you're really passionate about, there's a really good chance that you can make that into your job. So definitely be open to it. And also another thing that, you know, I think people take for granted is that a lot of the work that I did earlier in my career, I didn't get paid for. I just knew that it was important. And so I worked other jobs and then kind of on the side kept developing my voice and my passion for, you know, sharing art online and sharing my own art and helping others to find ways to share their art. And then eventually was able to make that into a career. But I think you have to be 
really dedicated and pursue it, even if you have to balance it, you know, with other things to just pay the bills or whatever. Um, don't lose sight of the things that really bring you great joy and try to continue to develop those concurrently with whatever else you have to do. Are there any current projects that you hold near and dear to your heart or that you're really excited about in this season um, with your role as the curator of art, culture, and community at Twitter? Yeah, so my favorite thing that I do is that I help to elevate and amplify artwork from the Twitter platform and with a specific focus on artists from traditionally marginalized communities. So Black, Latinx, LGBTQ+, Native, Indigenous, and the disabled communities. And I have an entire curatorial program um, built around elevating these artists for the work that they're creating and sharing and also using it to share a message more broadly. So that is what I'm totally um, really proud of. And the collaborations that I've been able to do within that space with other curators and, of course, all of the artists that I've worked with are unique and amazing. Um, and I've been able to connect with people around the world through their work, which is a really special thing. So I would say that continuing that program is um, one of my favorite things that I get to work on. And I just love, love discovering new artists. I think that social media in general, whether Twitter or Instagram or whatever platform you use, artists are such an amazing group and community on many platforms where you can discover people doing things that you would never come across in a museum or a gallery setting. Um, and it's so wonderful to be able to kind of have that path of exploration and connection that it allows to find artists all over the world. So that's my favorite thing. I think it's so important to amplify the voices of those who are underserved, especially because the market in general, especially social media is so saturated. And so when we have just, you know, other artists and creatives and people who are passionate about artists and their art, um, helping to lift and raise the voices of artists who may not otherwise get the opportunity to be seen or have certain opportunities. It's uh, such a, a beautiful thing. And that brings me to my next point of just how do you feel we move the needle for for women in the art world? I know a lot of work is being done and in some ways it doesn't always feel like it's enough. So how do you think or what do you think we can do to continue to move the needle for for women in the art world? That is a really important question. And I would say thank you to what you're doing by creating a podcast like this. I think that, you know, this is a step forward for people to listen to projects like yours and understand what opportunities are open to them um, and also find other women or non-binary folks that they can connect with um, and learn from. I think mentorship is huge. I think that we all at a certain stage in our careers or in our journeys should be mentoring others. And I'll just call out one organization that I work with um, is called Jen Horation, spelled G-E-N-H-E-R-A-T-I-O-N. And um, I've been able to do a lot of mentorship uh, through their programs for high school and college age women and non-binary students to help them understand what are all of the career options that are available to them. I know that I unfortunately didn't have a lot of opportunities like that to understand just how broad um, you know, the world is and what are the opportunities available to me. So I'm very happy to be able to give back in that way. And I think that's the number one thing. Just I, I think there are 
more broad scale things, but the one-to-one connection and mentorship is one of the most important ways um, for us to make an impact for the next generation of people, specifically for women in the art world. No, that's so important. And uh, we're definitely, I know I'm definitely going to check out Generation because I think it's it's not always easy, as you mentioned, to find mentorship <laughs> within various industries, especially uh, some sometimes I feel for those who are not as bold or as outspoken or may still be discovering, like I mentioned before, their voice or just that that creative niche to be able to move forward um, and really walk boldly in the direction of their dreams or their aspirations you know, some people are are introverts and you may not necessarily know how to reach out. So I think it's great that platforms and uh, organizations like that exist. Is there any other advice that you would offer to a woman artist who are uh, trying to get their artwork seen or who are listening who may be a bit of a introvert. I know I've come across some who have uh, been a part of or connected to my platform who say, hey, I have this art. And typically it's amazing. And I'm like, why aren't you sharing this with the world? And they're just like, well, I don't know if it's good enough or, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert. So I don't know what approach I should take to share and, you know, to get some of those resources that will help me to amplify my voice and my artwork? Really good question that I respond to because I am also an introvert. And I think that, um, you know, it's something that I still struggle with. And especially, you know, reaching out and like putting an idea out there can be really difficult. But one thing that has helped me um, that someone else recommended to sort of mitigate this really intense fear that I have of putting myself out there is thinking about what's the actual worst thing that could happen. And when you do think about that, chances are that the actual worst thing is not that bad. Like if the worst thing that could happen is that you share your artwork with someone and they're just like, I think it's terrible. Like, that's not going to cause you physical harm. Like it's, your family's going to be safe. You know what I mean? Like there aren't so many terrible things that could come from it. And chances are that something amazing is more likely to happen. So sometimes when I think about that, it helps, but I will just be real with you that I, I still struggle with it. Um, there are projects that I've done that I've just never shared because I was too afraid to bear my soul in that way. Um, you know, maybe it was too personal or, or it was, you know, something that felt really private to me. And I think that not everything is meant to be shared, but there are certain things that when shared can really inspire and challenge others. And I think keeping those to yourself is not a good thing. You know, if you have created something that could actually help someone else, I think you have a responsibility in some way to put it out there and share it. And I would love to see it. So please, whatever you're holding on to, um, you know, whether you think it might not be good enough, I just challenge you to release it a bit and to think about how someone else might be able to glean from it. Yes. So release it. If you're out there listening and you're an introvert or afraid to put out your work, release it because there are those out there who are waiting to experience it. 
Ariel, we're so happy that we've gotten the opportunity to experience your work and all that you're doing to build community. And I really, really appreciate you for coming on to the podcast and sharing your experience and your story. Can you let our listeners know where they can uh, follow you, get in contact with you and find out more about what you're doing? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, This was a great conversation and I feel inspired already. So thank you. Um, You can find me on Instagram at artfully aware. It's spelled artfully and then A-W-E-A-R, like wearing clothing. Um, And on Twitter, also under the same name. And you can feel free to email me directly if you want to share something that you're not ready to share publicly. Um, it's also artfullyaware at gmail.com. So I would love to hear from anyone who's listening. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the State of Film Art Podcast. You can catch new episodes bi-weekly on Thursdays and make sure that you connect with us by following us on Instagram at SoFilmArt. And you can also visit our website and listen to past episodes at SoFilmArt.com.